episode number two and uh, today we wanted to talk about getting started with homeschooling yes right so the reason we wanted to do this is because since we're we're new at this, this is our first year uh, homeschooling our kids it's pretty fresh in our minds of how we how we got rolling and how we got into this and so I thought it'd be good to share with others uh, the different steps in the process so the hardest part of uh, starting anything new is the first step. Mm-hmm. And the first step uh, in, in this case is making the commitment to actually homeschool your kids. And we kind of discussed a little bit about that uh, on the last ep- the first episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, how would you tell someone to approach that decision? Um, would it be speaking with certain people and possibly uh, praying about it, research? All that kind of stuff. Like, what, what, where would you, um, where would you lead somebody that uh, wants to make that decision? I would say, um, actually, a mix of all three. Um, like we said in the last episode, the biggest thing for me was researching because anything in life, I feel like you'll get more comfortable if you research it. Um, and. Uh, we were not fortunate enough to know people who homeschooled, so I didn't really have that option to go pick somebody's brain. Um, but if you could, I think that that would be a great way to figure out also if it's something for your family. Um, even if you maybe asked that person if you could sit and watch them for the day as they homeschooled their family, if they were okay with it, and you could kind of see how it flowed. Um, and then of course, um, especially for us, um, I think prayer was a big thing. And I feel like that was also one of my turning points when I was finally ready. Um, cause as I had mentioned the previous episode, when you asked me, you know, three years ago, would I do it? I said, absolutely not. And then there was a big change of heart. Um, you know, two years later, yeah, that was and like a hard no the first yes, time I asked you. <laughs> a very hard no. <laughs> um, and I think uh, for me, uh, praying about it and keeping an open heart and mind, um, as hard as that no was, it was always in the back of my mind. So I feel like a mix of all those are um, a good way to make that decision for your family, to make that commitment. Okay, so after the decision's made, where I think you know people people can get to that decision, say, okay, this is something I really want to do. I think the tough part is where do you start, right? Yes. So yes. that's like the overwhelming part. It's like, yes. okay, great, I'm I really want to do this thing for my for my family, but where the heck do I start in this process? Um, like, what's step number one? So. Can you kind of walk us through at least how we did it, how you did it? Yes. Um, again, w- this is our first year, and everybody does it a little bit different, but uh, just c- kind of give us an idea how you um, started the process. Yes. My thoughts exactly. I was going to tell you how I did it because it can be very different from person to person on how they approach it. Um, 
I'm sure it can be done in a million different ways. Oh, right? yes. Yeah. And, and it's for the reason that it is so overwhelming. So you mm -hmm. have to start somewhere. And anytime you read like a, a blog or read a book on homeschooling, it all starts with the same. Like, so you've made the decision to homeschool. Now what? It's overwhelming. Where do you go? Right. And so I will give you um, my uh, how it worked out for me. Um, and this path that I chose and these steps to get to us getting started has worked great. Actually. Um, it really has not, it ended up being less stressful than what I thought once we got going. So, um, so first you want to, uh, like I mentioned in the previous episode, you, you want to check your state laws and they're all different. So I, I, again, I couldn't even tell you how it is for you because it's going to be different from state to state. Um, and, uh, so I had to check what was required for us to homeschool our kids. Um, and you can typically find that on the department of education for your state. Um, so I started there and then I also, as I continued to research, um, our state had, a a statewide homeschool support and information network website, um, which is, uh, Ohio homeschooling parents. Um, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, beautiful resource for, um, our state. And I, I don't think every state has it, but you can try to find something similar, um, because it really does, you know, you have the department of education. They're just going to put it there, blah, 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 blah. This is what you need. Mm -hmm. But they're not there to support you as a parent or to really point out what your true legal rights are. So if you can well, find... Yeah, they're not getting any tax money from you. So. Exactly. So. Well, well, they are. But <laughs> you, when, you're taking out of, when you're taking your kids out of the school system, it takes them out of the equation. Yes, so. because most get paid for every student that is sitting in class. So you're taking that away from them. Um, so that, that, uh, su support network for us has been great for our state. Um, there is another great resource, which is, um, it's hslda.org, um, which stands for homeschool legal defense association. Um, and it's a great, uh, resource in learning your rights as a homeschool parent. Um, they have free resources on their website and they even have a, um, an area where you can click on your state. Um, and then they also offer a membership, um, which, uh, you, you have the choice and they'll explain what exactly entails that membership. But that is a great one that, um, to see what your legal rights are as a parent, which is very important. Um, and we can, uh, we can put that in the, in the show notes, yes. the link to that, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, and then, so once I looked at all that, I made sure I put a note in my calendar as to what were my deadlines, because you don't want to miss that. Um, and made sure I put somewhere in there, okay, have this, uh, sent in to the district by this date. Now, where did you find these deadlines? On the Ohio homeschooling parents website. It listed the state law that we have a certain amount of weeks before school starts to submit the paperwork. You then have to look at your district from there and see, because everybody in the state of Ohio, you know, all the districts could start at different 
dates in the school year. Okay. Um, about the same time, but you know, one it could varies. start. Yes, one could start at the end of August or at the beginning of September. So you need to look at your district that you're zoned for. Um, and find out what that date is and how many weeks before you have to have that uh, paperwork submitted. Okay. Um, I then wanted to um, make copies of everything I submit because again, now we're talking legal stuff and I created a file for all of those um, copies of paperwork. Which was a good idea because didn't you end up having to resend some things? I did, yeah. Because the, uh, the, the district or, or whatever wasn't uh, replying to you? Yes. Yep. And then I had proof that, you know, I had this certified mail on this date and this was my letter dated, blah, blah, blah. So, yes. So keep a file of everything that you um, send off and then the district is supposed to respond to you and you want to keep that letter in that same file so that you always have it in case those, you know, truancy officers ever come knocking on your door. You have everything there all organized and ready to go and it brings your stress level down. Now what you were supposed to supposed to send to them and the process was that laid out on the Department of Education's website? Um yes. But I really turned to um our state's homeschooling parent support website uh, okay. because they and I found uh you want to make sure that you pick a website though that really does have like the state laws embedded in their website. So you know that you're following the right group, <laughs> right? It's like getting your information off social media or something. You right. don't, don't want to do that. No, yeah, no bad idea. So you need to make sure you have a legit, um, support group. And so these, they have all the statutes laid out on there. So they're, I mean, they're following it to the T and then they even had, um, forms for us where we could just fill in the blanks and that, that way we knew we were legally doing what was correct. Okay. Um, so once you get that done, um, the next step was like for our state, and I've, I've learned for the most part, many states do this. Um, once you do your initial um, notification to your school district, um, usually your first initial one is just a letter, you know, stating we're going to be homeschooling our child, um, whatever that, I, you know, whatever the requirements are for that state. Then it's supposed to be every year after that, you will then, um, at least for our state, and like I said, I feel like many others too, you have to um, either submit um, a portfolio of the child's um, education throughout the year, like what you did with them, um, and then have a certified teacher look over it and um sign off in a letter stating, okay, they're compliant. Um, or you can choose the option to have your child take a, a national standardized test and submit those scores to the district. Okay. Now where do you find the inform? Where did you find the information to what would go into the portfolio? So that is what was next for me. Cause I wanted to choose the portfolio option. Um, and Again, on our, um, those two websites, whether it's Department of Education or the support, uh, statewide support group that I found, 
they both said in there what would be needed in the portfolio. Okay, so it laid it out mm -hmm. for you. It there. did. But then I went the extra step because I still was unclear. And because I knew I wanted to do the portfolio option, um, our uh, statewide support site um, actually listed out certified teachers that you could use which was great so it was already there like a, just a list of them and each of them put a little paragraph about themselves and how long they've been doing it um and so i just you know randomly picked one and reached out to them and said this is my first year doing this um what are the things you would be looking for by the end of the school year and so she told me what would be needed and that way um i could have that in the back of my mind and make sure I'm, I'm keeping those things needed throughout the year, um, for her. So that again, when May, April, May comes, it's not overwhelming. Not I already, scrambling to no, put something together. Yeah. Right. I already have like an idea. What I what would I do. Need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you're in charge of this. And also when I reached out to her, I asked her, when does she start looking at portfolios so that I could, again, make a note in my calendar and say, okay, this is going to be about the time that we need to start signing up for and scheduling a day for her to look at our portfolios. So all this pre-planning in the end is to help make life easier. <laughs> um, or if you de decide to do the, the testing, then you want to go ahead and start researching. Um, there's so many different tests you can have your child take. So just start researching maybe some ones that you, that you feel so that you can figure out which one might best fit your family and your kids. Um, but that's my point is that I started doing that at the beginning so that come the end of the school year, again, yeah, we're not scrambling that we, we already have an idea of which direction we need to go here. Um, so that was my next step. Um, and then from there we, what did I do next? Um, oh, <laughs> the biggest, uh, decide on what curriculum you're going to use. That is probably the most overwhelming part. Um, and I actually remember this part because <laughs> you pined over this for like weeks and had books laid out all mm -hmm. over the bedroom. Oh, yes. And kept going back and forth mm -hmm. until you just we kind of both just said, look, you, you have to start somewhere. Start somewhere. <laughs> just pick something. Yes. Because there's so many to go to pick from, correct? So many, so many. I mean, and you know, years ago, probably before we were even born, when homeschooling was happening, they didn't have these this many resources. Of course not. And um, now there's just so many that it's overwhelming. It, there's a beauty to it, but it can also sometimes be, there can be too many choices. Yes. So that, that's why you flip through channels for like an hour and a half because there's just too many too choices. Too many choices, yes. If we had five channels, we'd be good to go. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I had heard on um, one of my podcasts um, a book had been recommended and it sounded like something that would be right up my alley. So, 
I found out um, the author is Kathy Duffy, and she wrote a book called 102 Top Picks for Homeschool Curriculum. And it ha- it was, like, amazing for me. It basically... Um, so in there, she reviews the different methods or philosophies. She calls them philosophies mm-hmm. of education. Um, so she reviews all those... Um, And then she goes into, um, actually, then she'll break down into subjects, you know, math, science, language arts, um, and, uh, and for each subject, she will, uh, put in there what her top picks are for curriculum to use for those different subjects. So to me, it was just okay, I have to start somewhere and this lady has been doing this for years and she is just, she's just like a wealth of knowledge. So I suggest that as a wonderful resource, as a resource to at least just start with. Um, and maybe if you go through it, you'll only choose a couple of things that she, she suggested, but I feel like it's a good start. It's also a very good book on learning the different methods. Like I said, Um, to education and homeschooling. Um, That's how I came about to us deciding to use the Charlotte Mason method. You know, you have your traditional schooling method. You have your Charlotte Mason. um, You have your, um, I'm going, classical method. um, You have your unschooling method. There's a few others, and she reviews all those in there and breaks it down for you to try to figure out, again, what you think would work best for your children and for your family. Which is a great part of homeschooling, right? Because you can Mm -hmm. cater to your kids in the way that they learn. Yes. And she says that in there. She's going to tell you, uh, you know, your daughter Susie and your son Joe are... um, could possibly be, and usually are, completely different learners. So keep that in mind. Like our kids. Yes. <laughs> so you have to cater to each. So what works for one kid is not going to work for the other. But again, that's kind of why you chose homeschooling. Sure. So, um, so yes, that's that was my next step, is figuring out um, what curriculum. And with her book, I was able to figure out that I felt like uh, the Charlotte Mason method was going to work best for our kids. And I, I don't know if you remember, I picked your brain with that one too. Like, do you think that this would work for our kids? Do you think this is something they'd be interested in this method? We even took a little quiz in her book and (laughs) (laughs) I remember, and I think it's, it's, it, it was really neat. And, uh, I think it's definitely something that needs to be a, a family decision, Mm -hmm. you know, because you kind of have to think about how, the way that your kid works yes, and which method, and you did a lot more research on it than I did. You just kind of told me, uh, you know, like the, um, just the basics of it. Once you kind of figured out a couple of them and we decided, we both decided on the, the Charlotte Mason method. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so once we decided on that, what was, what, where do you go from there? So, okay, um, this is, this is the one I want to use. What does that mean? So that actually, if you can figure out what method you want to do, it it helps narrow down even more. Um, Because then from there, there's all kinds of curriculum choices. Um, I just, I feel like I happen to, I don't even remember how I found the curriculum that we're using. I feel like 
she had, there was something on her website, Kathy Duffy, uh, cause she also has a website and, um, and she will list even more curriculums than in her book. And I think I found our, um, curriculum of choice that we decided to go with on her website. And that's how that came about. So once you figure out your method, then you can start looking up, like you can either start with continues looking in her book. Cause she, when she breaks down each subject, she will, um, on like what her top curriculum choices are. She'll also tell you what kind of method of education that is, whether it is, uh, if that curriculum for science is, um, uh, a classical method, or if it's a Charlotte Mason method, or if it's more like your traditional, uh, textbook method, she, she lays all that out. So once you've figured out your method, I feel like it kind of helps narrow down even more, but there's still, I mean, you kind of just have to decide at some point. With right. Li- Cause it ends up being lists. a rabbit hole. It, it, uh, it yeah, does. A million different ways you can go. And unfortunately I've even heard like you could choose a curriculum and either you or your child ends up hating it like midway through the year. And you, then you have to make the decision even then to be like, we're going to make it through the rest of the year or this is so bad. We, we have to change it. Which is fine. Cause you can be flexible in homeschooling, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. That's another <laughs> great thing about it. Yes. So, and I think it can, for many, they'll say it's trial and error every year. Like, well, you know, and, and not just and, and you say that, and you don't want to scare anybody away. Like, oh, like what if that happens to me? But just imagine what happens in a traditional classroom setting yes. when your kid doesn't uh, get it, or the but method. They're forced to continue. Exactly. That. <laughs> that, and that's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. They're forced to continue. They get left behind, or mm-hmm. they're not picking up the information like they're supposed to. Supposed to. So don't think. I just want people to think. And these are things that we thought of that, um, you know, if you homeschool, that it could be a disaster because of of something like that. This this stuff is happening all the time in regular school, public school, or Mm -hmm. even, you know, private schools. And you just don't know it because you're not there. Yep. (laughs) And then you can't do anything about it, really. You can't Mm -hmm. change the way that the teachers, you know, what the teacher's method is Mm -hmm. or how they teach in the school. Um, It's pretty straightforward. So just keep that in mind. uh, I wouldn't worry about that too much because... That's that's uh, pretty typical in, in you know out, out in the public schools. That's right. No, that's a very good point. Um, so yeah, so once you can figure out that your curriculum, um, really, that's finally be like, oh, okay, now we can breathe. I've got something picked out. We need to move forward. You know. So the next step after that was to order any books or materials needed for that curriculum. Um, a lot of people do, uh, in their first year, they do, you know, box set curriculums because it's just maybe, which means what? So you can basically choose a a company that will give you all the, so even I think there's even box sets for, let's say Charlotte Mason method. That's just an example. You can find a company that has a Charlotte Mason method and within that company, they, you can buy a box set of all their books for the grade of that child and every subject. So you can just cut out that whole part of this. <laughs> yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't, have, you don't even have to do that yourself. No. Now, mind you, it, 
typically is more expensive to do it that way. Of course. Right. Well, that's what, <laughs> convenience is always more expensive. Yes. yes you pay for convenience. Sure. It's, that's the reason why we didn't do it. Um, plus I really did like this other curriculum we chose, but, um, that was my first thing. Like, let me just keep digging deeper before I run to the box set. But if you want that convenience and you just are like this stress is just not worth it i'd rather go that there there's that option too so you can get the box set boom you're done like you've got everything you click it and, and all those books are going to come to you um for us it was i had to go through and order all the books that the outline um suggested we order now it gave you specific books yes correct? except in um math and, um, so math for both our kids was not part of it. We had to choose our own. Um, we had to choose, um, I had to figure out my own way of teaching the kindergartner to read. So I had to, you know, research that. Um, and then I didn't like their science book. So I found another science book and I didn't like their grammar book for the third graders. So I found something in replacement. So I still did like a mix and match, but for the most part, everything in this curriculum, it told it, it gave you all the suggestions of what books, um, to order. Um, and, and with that, it's great. Cause you can either look at your public library and see if they have those books. Um, if not, then you can go to used, uh, bookstores or, um, online. Uh, they have used bookstores. Um, even Amazon has the used book option when you find a book on there. So there's a beauty in that, that, uh, that helps uh, with the budgeting too. Um, so I go through and I figure out what books we need. What can we get from the library? What can't we get? Now, does the, now the, the when you pick the method, it, it actually gave you the books to order. Yes. Right. So just so people are aware that it's, it's right there for you. Well, you, no. don't have, you don't have to randomly decide what books you're going to use. Do you, when you, not the method, but when you choose the curriculum, okay. So yes. Once you choose what curriculum you want, um, yes, they will tell you what books to get. Okay, and you purchase a curriculum? No. It, well, it depends. So, like, some companies, if you, like, quote-unquote, purchase a curriculum, what you're, I mean, that's usually your box sets. Okay. Um, some people charge, I, I mean, I don't see this all the time, but I think that there are where you could... Um, they might charge for like, uh, the outline of like, they, they set up an outline for your curriculum and you might have to pay for that. But then there are uh, like us, we found, I found a curriculum where the outline is free. Like they already put out, okay, for a third grade, these are all the subjects she'll study. Um, and then within this amount of time, and then these are all the books you'll need to get for each subject. Okay. And that was free. Now, where do you find this? It's, again, like, this is just a specific, um, like, they're not really a company, but it's just, uh, I feel like it's just a Charlotte Mason um, support website where uh, this specific group was and they just 
put it out there for people who want to do Charlotte Mason and not have to like break the bank to do it. Um, you just have to, you just have to search like Charlotte Mason curriculums or, um, classical curriculums. Okay. And it'll bring it up. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then from there you have, uh, you want to fit, I wanted to figure out what supplies I wanted to get an idea. So on what supplies I would need for homeschooling. I mean, and typically if you think like classroom, it's pretty much what you're going to need. Um, I, I, again, I just researched what everybody was um, saying, like, what are the things you need to get a, a, a homeschool classroom started? And, um, to me, it was like your typicals. Like, it's nice to have a whiteboard if you can have one. So for when you need to demonstrate, um, you want to have like bookshelves or bookcase somewhere. Um, obviously, your typical <laughs> writing utensils and um, rulers and markers and crayons and um, a map or a globe. But you want to create a list based on what you're reading or researching of the supplies you need. And that's what I did. I created a list and I went from there. And then as we started school, I was able to like tweak like, okay, we really do need to get this too. Or now I know this was unnecessary. So you don't need a pack of 15 glue sticks. Right. right. Okay. And I did get one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the year, it'll all be gone. <laughs> If it's all gone by the end of the year, somebody's eating it. Yes. So <laughs> probably <laughs> we have a bigger problem. Yeah, the two-year-old exactly. So yes, don't forget your supplies. Is my point. <laughs> um, then once I got there, my next step was to figure out my schedule. And this, some parents, as I'm learning, still never do. <laughs> They just kind of go with it, go with the flow. Wing it. Nope, can't do that. I know you can't do that. I cannot do that. So that was my biggest um, conquer was figuring out my schedule. So like I said, the um, curriculum we chose, um, part of the reason why I also chose it was because they already put the outline out there. Not all of them actually put out an outline. And this one did. It broke it down. Um... I first, let me go back one step. I first wanted to make the decision. Um, usually I feel like there's like two different choices people make. If they're going to do all year schooling or your traditional 36 weeks of schooling. Um, there are other variations, but those are your most popular. I feel like I've read. Um, so I wanted to go with the, the traditional 36 week. Um, granted over the summer, we'll still keep up with like math and reading mm -hmm. type thing, but like light work, you know, but once I figured out, okay, I want to do 36 weeks. Um, this curriculum we chose had an outline already for 36 weeks, which was awesome. Um, but it didn't break it down until like, like there was no chart that said Monday through Friday and at this time you do this and this time you do this. It was just that, okay, week one you need to do, you know, like 
four days of re- religion and um, daily math and daily reading and so forth. And then, you know, and then it says like three different days of geography and it goes on and on and on. So that's how it broke it down. But it, it didn't really like put it into your weekly schedule. So that part I felt like was my next important step was to just see it all out there so I could like envision it. Okay. This is how it's going to work. And so, and you're a weirdo and really enjoyed that part. I really do. Yes. yes, I really do. (laughs) (laughs) And I've come to learn like at the co-op now with being amongst veteran homeschool mothers, they're like in awe and they're like, Oh my gosh, I want your schedule. How did you do that in your first Well, you do that with everything in life. so. (laughs) So, um, and it's working so far, so that's good. But yeah, so once I, I, I looked at, I decided 36 weeks. We had the 36, 36 weeks there. And then it was just like, it, it was really just like plugging in pieces over, you know, and just trying to figure out, okay, if I need three days of geography, what three days do I want to do it? And I only have two days of this. What two days am I going to do that? And it was just like plug and play really. It's what it came down to. Um, and then for figuring out how long of a school day we were going to do, I was looking at what are the uh, state required hours. So for us, it's like 900 hours in a school year um, that we have to do. So I had to, I looked at that factor and then I also was taking into consideration. So like for our method of learning, they recommend with this age group that you also don't want to, you know, hit a subject for too long because then they're not even retaining it after like 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. yeah that goes for me too. Right. So, <laughs> so, can't, you can't expect the kid to pay attention that no. long. So putting that, um, keeping those two factors together, it helped me figure out um, even more so that like, okay, this is how long our days need to be each day. Like how many hours a day about, about, you know? Um so I was able to, um, between those two things, I, I came out with a schedule. Um, and then, um, I personally write out my schedule, um, each week. So first of all, I have like this master calendar in my, my planner. And in there I put ahead of time, like if, cause I, I like just to have a week off like every month and a half. So I went ahead and put in like when I thought we would take our breaks. And then when stuff came up, like we ended up having a trip in November earlier than Thanksgiving. Then I kind of like played with those days off I already had in November and and moved them around. Um, So once I get that out for like the whole year, I then like each week, the week, like the, you know, the weekend before before school, I go in and I plug in my planner, like what is our our, our lesson, what are our lesson plans going to be for the following week? And that has worked well for me. So, and I, um, that is the, I, I even hear that with my, my sisters that are teachers, you know, they do their lesson planning the weekend before for the following week. Um, and so I plug it into my calendar and it works because then each day, so come Monday when we're sitting in school, um, I just have like kind of like a checklist. Okay math. We're supposed to do this. Check. Next subject. 
check this subject check and it it's also a good I feel like a good record keeping too of what you're doing throughout the year so that I suggest but I also know that that's not everybody's personality um and then after that it's on to finding um uh I searched for co-ops and um I just feel like we we hit it right with the co-op that we're in, but just, I suggest that you, uh, search for co-ops in your area, um, homeschool co-ops. And, um, it just helps with like the social part. And then, um, I, we also searched for sports and for different clubs, whether it's 4-H or Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts. Um, and then from there, I went on to search for online support groups in our, um, like on whether it's most of them are on Facebook now. Um, so just support groups. Like I wanted to find homeschool groups in our area because if you can find a homeschool support group in your area, then it's great because then they're always telling you about like maybe classes going on for homeschoolers. Um, and it's specific to your, you know, geographical location. Um, and then I also wanted a support group for the method of education that we're doing. So like for us, it was great that I have like a Charlotte Mason support group because people are always on there asking questions like, what do you guys do for this? Or what do you guys do for this? And, um, so I feel like it's just a great relief. Um, even when you're feeling overwhelmed, you can get on there. Hey, I'm feeling overwhelmed. You know, this is what's going on. You have suggestions and they're always right there. Everybody supports each other out there to give advice. So it probably makes you realize too, that nobody's perfect. Yes. And nobody's at their house doing this and everything's going as planned every single day. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and that, talking to other people makes you realize that and that everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is flexible. Yes. Um, but as far as, the, as far as the co-op goes, I know how important it's kind of been for us and the kids, how much they enjoy it. But I know people, people that are thinking about doing it because, uh, I don't know about all of them, but they do cost money. Yes. Um, so you have to look, you know, you have to try to fit that in your finances if that's an issue, mm -hmm. but how did you find it? And then like, what's, uh, what, what kind of support do you feel like you get from there? And, and what, how has that helped your comfort level in homeschooling? So I found it by literally just searching homeschool co-op in, and I plugged in, you know, our area and a couple came up. You would be surprised. That's actually a difficult thing to find. Like it doesn't always come up that easily. And then sometimes there's even like websites that come up that are, I feel like it's one of those websites where it's more for like the whole country that it's trying to pull up co-ops in your area. And then I would like click on a co-op and it's like an expired site, like the link to that co-op. There's no way of contacting them. So that still can be difficult, but I just, you just got to keep digging and then even try Facebook, you know, um, search in Facebook for homeschool co-ops in whatever area you're in and see what comes up. So that's basically what came up with me. Um, 
I had tried one other one that, uh, like a meetup and I just felt like this one was like the best fit for our family, which you came on that mm -hmm. first meeting with them. Yeah, I did. And I would suggest that to anybody that if you're, if you find it and if anyone doesn't know it, uh, the, the co-op, it's like at least ours, we meet up once a week. Uh, there's like 75 families, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, what, 300 kids, yes. you said mm -hmm. 300 kids and they meet up to go to like a pretty much a regular school setting and they have classes all day they hang out together um but uh it, it uh it puts them in that environment once a week and uh, they they love it but yeah so i would suggest going and meeting the people before you uh sign up for it because you want to make sure you get along with them and that they're mm -hmm. um, you know you just you, you fit into the community because they're all going to be different we went to ours and they, it's awesome Mm -hmm. Everybody's great. Everybody's there to um, support the other families. Um, I know you find a lot of support there when you go on yes. Fridays and you come back and you, you actually enjoy it as much mm -hmm. as the kids do. Yes. Um, so it's been great for... Um, for us in the homeschooling process, I would say, right? It's been it's been great for the kids. They look forward to it every week. Yep. They learn a ton mm -hmm. because you have so much. Uh, you'd be surprised how uh, the, the skills people have in mm -hmm. your community. Yeah. Um, so those are the people teaching the classes there, and, mm -hmm. and the kids, uh, you know, get involved in those classes and come home and and uh, learn so much. Mm -hmm. uh, like one, my favorite one is. Uh, sign language yeah you know so the kids learn how to sign to sign and uh they come home and have learned quite a bit actually mm -hmm. and it's pretty awesome so uh so yeah I, I think that's something and it also as far as is giving you like peace of mind Mm -hmm. Right, I, yes, I think that's a big absolutely. thing too, especially for for some for for new home schooling families. Yes. It's like you go there, you discuss what you've been doing, you discuss any issues that you're having homeschooling, mm -hmm. and you can kind of um, find help there. Right? Yes, yes, it has been a major support group, like you said. It's not just for the kids, but it's for us too. Like mm -hmm. the kids, hands down, love it. Um, it's and it's a great social piece for them. Um, but outside of that, it's just it's also a great support for us adults. And um, for me, it's like it's also great that I, I get adult time, you know, on Fridays. <laughs> you know. Um, but you're also putting another thing is you're also putting the kids around other families that have the same ideals as you. Yes. Right? Yes. I think that's a big part of it. It is. Uh, is uh, you know, they're surrounded by kid, other kids that their families raise them in, in a, you know, pretty much the same manner with, mm -hmm. you know, with... Uh, um, they're raised with manners and uh, you can tell you can see that in the other kids when you go there yes that they're that's very different than when you would go to a public school and part of my job I do quite a bit of that and it's like night and day yes and so every yeah. time I go to one of those schools I thank God that my kid our kids aren't in some of those schools not all of them some of them yeah um, and uh, so yeah I think that's a, a, a pretty neat thing too is you know the type of people that your kids are around when they do go to school yes mm-hmm no they're uh, yeah it's it's been a it's been a great thing um, so yeah so so co-op online support groups right Yes. Suggest. Yes, those things. Um, and then the, I feel like the, 
final piece for me was figuring out a learning space in your house. So whether it be a designated room or if uh, you don't have that kind of space, it always works around a dining room table. Um, but whatever it is, it's just figuring out where is it going to be so that you can now know that, okay, this is all part of the plan. And then from there, you'll figure out where your books go and all your learning materials. People even get little rolling carts if they don't have the space around the dining table, but they can like bring it over during learning time. But it's just, it's obviously an important piece of the factor is figuring out where, where you want that learning time to be. Well, yeah, I think it's part that you need to have some enough space to yeah. start right yeah and then also there need, needs to be like a learning environment mm -hmm. with like a few distractions yes for the kids mm -hmm. um and somewhere that's comfortable to learn yes in your house if you have the, if you, like you said if you have the space if yes. not it, it can be done anywhere anywhere can, really yeah. anywhere and even though you know even though we have our you took my room that was supposed to, you know, supposed to be my office <laughs> so <did>. whatever <laughs> i took the one room Hijacked. <laughs> So yes, we, we are blessed that we can have a room for the schoolroom. Um, but even then we have times where we move the learning around the house because, you know, we go with it. You, you don't want to feel like you're just confined to one area. So sometimes we're in the living room on the couches. Sometimes we're on the floor in front of the fireplace. Which I, I love that. You know, mm -hmm. I'll come home and you guys will be reading in front of the fireplace mm -hmm. um, or up in the, you know, the the homeschool room yep. or uh, outside in yeah, the summer during the summer I come home i'll get you'll find not right you now but yes, no not right now but find you outside on the at the mm -hmm. picnic table learning yep. outside which is awesome so yes. i love that part of it too yep yep there's a beauty to it so yeah that's pretty much in a nutshell how i went through the motions on getting started <laughs> yeah and that all would that 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 whole process took you up to day one of school yep it did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, do you have any, what's your f final uh, advice um, for uh, putting that together for somebody? Um, keep an open mind. Don't be hard on yourself. Um, and, and really and truly, if it's not researching, then then try to reach out to other homeschooling families because especially ones that have been doing it for a while, they can, um, they can tell you that we've all been there and you will, you'll survive. You'll come out on the other end and you'll figure it out and it's all going to be okay. You get that reassurance. It's all going to be okay. And we all felt like you did. <laughs> so I just feel like support is like the biggest thing. If you can find support, even if it's just online, like I said, find, um, online support groups, they will all, we're all in the same boat. And because it is kind of a, it's, it's growing, but it's still a small community. Everybody's always helping each other and willing to help each other out. Um, I mean, I wish I could hug some of these people I've never met ever on the other side of the country because they're just so wonderful in advice. Um, I remember asking one of them, like, how am I supposed to teach, you know, and I only have two that I'm teaching right now. How am I supposed to do that? Like, how do I manage that time? And she like, just, she, she gave the best advice she could and broke it down for me. And it just didn't seem so stressful. And like, um, so yeah, if, if you can just 
find your support network. That's like the biggest advice I feel like. And then of course, co-op in person was even better. Um, and that was the other thing I was trying to say when we were talking about the co-op was that I feel like all those of us who came in new this year, we kept saying the same thing that, um, the homeschool co-op was like the missing factor, which was you got your homeschooling going on, you know, four days a week, but just to have this, um, Friday schooling out of the home and with other kids and with these other families doing the same thing. It was like, everybody's like, it's just a missing piece. So if you can find one too, that'd be great if possible. Awesome. So we'll put some of the, um, so some of the places you found these things mm -hmm. in the show notes, right? Some yes. of the links, mm -hmm. uh, probably that book mm -hmm. that you yes. mentioned too, that you have sitting right in front of you. Yep. <laughs> we'll put that in the show notes. And then, uh, if you have any questions, send us an email. But other than that, uh, thanks for listening and, uh, take care fellow homeschoolers. Yep. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Homeschool Project Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or suggestions that we can discuss on the show, send us an email at thehomeschoolprojectpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, everyone.